welcome back to the More Than Mothering podcast, episode number 14. I'm your host, Crystal Hardstar from The Gentle Counselor, where I specialize in perinatal mental health and parenting support. And today on the podcast, we're joined by Sammy from The Hold. And Sammy is a preconception, pregnancy and postpartum doula. And she's going to be talking to us today a bit about finding your calling during early postpartum. Welcome to the More Than Mothering podcast, Sammy. Hi, Crystal. I'm really honored to be here. Thank you for the opportunity to chat to you. So being a doula, that must be a very interesting job to get into. Do you want to tell us a bit more about your story and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, So I'll start with the present, which always seems like the most logical place to start. Um, I, as you said, I'm a preconception pregnancy and postpartum doula. I work in an in-home capacity in Brisbane, in Queensland, in Australia, and I also take care of clients um, in a online capacity as well, because if, you know, COVID Um, COVID times have taught us anything. It's that connection can exist in a multitude of ways. Um, I have been um, uh, in this work for almost three months now. um, And I used my um, parental leave after um, I gave birth to my beautiful boy um, uh, to retrain. So I've got a 15 month old um, boy, a three month old business. Um, And as of um, this morning, actually, just before um, we started chatting, um, I have a full, a full book of in-home clients. um, uh, So amazing. Postpartum care. Yeah. Which is really special and, um, and magic to, yeah, to be trusted like that, to be part of people's stories. And to have that in such a fresh business of three months, like you must feel such a strong sense of achievement and also uh, validation of feeling this next calling. Yeah, yeah, and it's been um, it's been a really nice surprise actually. Just how um, how organic the experience has been. Lots of you know, lots of hard work getting all the kind of admin yeah, of logistic sides done, but the, the connection piece and finding clients um, has felt really organic and really natural. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think we're just getting I'm getting messages from the universe. Um, yeah, time and time again that this is the right work and this is yeah a calling beyond um yeah just work or just a profession yeah and I'm really um intrigued to hear more about your story of how that process happened to you because Mm. before when Sammy and I were kind of chatting before I press record in the episode I was starting to share how I can relate to this kind of sense of noticing this pattern in myself and also with some of the clients I talk to or even just people I see in general that there does seem to be this strong correlation of people in that postpartum period either going into a new area of study or creating a business or something like that and I've been kind of thinking it in the back of my mind and so when Sammy messaged me and mentioned that as a title I was like so excited because I think Mm -hmm. there is actually something here Absolutely. I think it's, it'll be really fascinating as, as we continue to talk about matrescence and what it Mm. means for, for women and mothers and birthing people um, to see how, how that experience and that transition um, impacts all the different facets of who we are. 
I felt I felt somewhat prepared for the change in um, identity and emotions and all the physical aspects and new new really key kind of parts of my personality were going to shift and evolve um, with early motherhood. But I, in no way, shape, or form, did I think a um, a career change or you know retraining was on the cards for me at all. I loved my job before I went on parental leave, and I still work in um, my current job um, in public health in a part-time capacity for the moment, at least. We'll see what happens as the clients um, continue to to find me. But yeah, had no had really no desire or no expectation that um, that my year off work um, would would have that in store for me. But yeah, matrescence had um, had other plans. And here we are, I'm a doula now. Yeah, it's interesting how matrescence just kind of happens to you. You don't really mm. get to choose what yeah, that exactly. process yeah, yeah. looks like. <laughs> <laughs> so how did that start for you, especially with a career change into being a doula? That is mm. such a sacred position and I know Mm. you're probably going to feel that too and I'm always so in awe of people who go into a job like that and I even hate using the word job actually because I totally it's more than a job right like it takes a very special kind of person to be able to do that and to find the right fit and Mm. and even for you to find clients that fit you as well like it goes both ways so how did that process even start for you realizing that that's something you wanted to do it happened so naturally and in such an unexpected way and I think the the gift of the stage of life that I'm at now where I continue to kind of unpack my own life and you know my learnings and unlearning and figuring out who who I am um, as part of that um, there were some really big lessons for me in my own postpartum experience um, I'm I'm trained as um, uh, as a researcher with my work in public health, I'm very scientific, very A-type. I like things down the line and organized and excels and notes. And I thought I could duel myself for my own postpartum mm. experience. I thought it was about knowledge. It was about knowledge mm. and, um, and and having every piece of information at hand and memorized, like it was a test. Um, and, and <laughs> going that into would birth be the like thing. it's a yeah, test. Exactly, exactly. And that was going to be the thing yeah, that was going to save wow. me was information and knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and in news that will surprise no one who's been through that transition, um, knowledge means almost nothing. It's, it's, it's community and it's connection. Yeah. They're the things that save you and pull you through. Um, and uh, along with the healing of that process um, and that experience was yeah, just that big lesson and kind of tapping into that deep, that deep knowing. And I love that you use the word sacred because that's, yeah, that's, that's a word I feel really comfortable using for this work as well, because it's beyond the kind of tangible way that I've lived my life um, and, and, and the way that I've, yeah, gathered information and gathered knowledge is useful, but it's that deep kind of, yeah, that sacred, that like soft, that soft feminine deep knowing in me that was has been there my whole life and had been you know it's in my mom and my grandma and my great grandma um but the the breaking and rebuilding of early postpartum it 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 tapped me into that kind of Mm. that that soft sacred knowing and I think through that process um and through my own postpartum the message was just really clear that it's time to turn in turn into myself and, and and see what's there but also there's something in here for me in terms of the way that I'm of service 
um, mm. to other women and, and other birthing people. And yeah, I just feel really, really blessed and continuously surprised just how easy and organic the process has been. Yeah, I feel like the universe is on my side. Yeah, that's so nice. And that must be a very different feeling to your 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 current work, but like your previous yeah, work, yeah, hopefully, yeah. right? <laughs> or any job. And even just the way we talk about, you know, becoming an adult and figuring out what you mm. want to do in your career, the words that we have been using to describe this for you is not at all what we're taught. It's kind of like we're never given an option to really sit with time or sit mm. with experiences that we go through to then figure it out. Because for most of us, a lot of people are working from, you know, late or mid-teens, like 15 or 16 years old, and then you just kind of follow a path or go to uni or you do what your friend wants to do or things yeah. like that. And even for myself, I I always think if I could go back and talk to myself like so many years ago when I thought teaching was it, what I wanted to do, and then to see where I am now as a counsellor and in private practice and mm. in this online world of social media that just did not exist beyond my my space back then right like just how different things are in the world is and even like you mentioned about seeing clients online because then we had things like COVID happen Mm. with the pandemic and like 99% of my clients are online as well there you go and And it's just so interesting the connection's there right and 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 that sacred element and um, you know I, I would say that work counseling especially for people in um, early postpartum that work is sacred as well yeah. and and to be able to hold that hold space and witness and see um in face-to-face and in online environment is um yeah it's again it's just that in- intangible thing that with all the knowledge mm. I have I still can't can't quite articulate what what it is there's something in there for someone smarter than I or with more time than I <laughs> to go and research what yeah what the piece is so let's talk a bit more about matrescence because I feel like it's a word that I've gotten quite familiar with Mm. and I know some people like in my you know circles of friendships and in the online community know about it but I wonder if it's still not quite really out there yet of Mm. what do we mean when we talk about matrescence and on that note even if people listening are familiar with that term it's very much been used to talk about motherhood specifically when it comes to our identity as a mother and how that shows up in raising our children. But I don't think I've seen many people talk about how that also comes up with your identity in your like career or business or your hopes or hobbies, Mm. that kind of thing. And I know you were kind of touching on that at the beginning of the podcast episode of how that does play Mm. a crucial role in and going through that next transitional period of, oh, this is now who I'm becoming next, like a continuation of my growth and who I am. And that process is also very painful oh, <laughs> and and complicated and uncomfortable mm. and not something you could probably research and figure all out, which I'm sure drove your type A personality. Yeah, said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, let's like trying to go into a test. Yeah. And for me, matrescence and with my business, it showed up a lot because so much of all of my careers between teaching, school counseling Mm. has been about children. And so how you're talking about how you went into going into birth, that's Mm. how I felt becoming a parent. So all of my focus Mm. was how can I be the best parent I can be? How can I learn all the 
gentle parenting ways and attachment parenting ways. And that just came naturally with my studies anyway. But then that was part of why I decided to become a perinatal mental health counselor and focus more specifically on supporting parents, especially in those early couple of years, because it's such a transformational time. Mm. And there's only so much attempt at perfect parenting that you can do before you realize that not only are you allowed to have some attention and time for yourself, but a lot of those gentle parenting practices, I also talk a lot with clients about realizing to then turn that advice around on yourself. Because we talk so much about validating our children and acknowledging their feelings. Meanwhile, we're blaming ourselves and beating up ourselves on the inside, right? Laying Mm -hmm. in bed going, wow, I was the worst parent today. Like I could have done all these things better. And then scrolling endlessly on Instagram, following every single parenting page, buying every single parenting book, instead of taking a moment to pause and have some self-compassion for ourselves. And mm. for me, that was a huge turning point. Oh, I so, I so hear it. And I think the gift, the gift of matrescence and also the gift of, um, yeah, gentle parenting, parenting, aware parenting, attachment parenting, all, all concepts that we, um, yeah, that we. Uh, all the million names that we yeah, use yeah, for yeah. the similar yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> That, yeah, I'm so glad I came across um, uh, during my pregnancy. The gift of all of those very diverse things is the ability to look in. So you can do your research, you can figure out all the different approaches and the right words to use and the right words, the words you could be using. Um, and with matrescence, with gentle parenting, with aware parenting, we were given the opportunity even when it is so uncomfortable and itchy and awkward to look in and see who's there with us. And I think that has been the most remarkable surprise of my own experience postpartum and my own experience mm. of, of matrescence is it is big, it is painful, it can feel really relentless, especially when you're asked to turn up and parent um, and often, you know, those big internal yeah. moments happen when, you know, you've got messed up. I mean, for, for me anyway, there was those early weeks where um, I had really progressed um, uh, mastitis. My partner had COVID. I had COVID. My mum, who was there with oh, us. No, yeah, yeah. Awful time yeah. It was, it was really, really tough. My bubba wasn't sleeping. He had um, a dairy protein um, allergy that wasn't diagnosed at the time. Um, uh, my mum had left to go back to Sydney and we had no family. We had no friends and we were in the thick of it and doing all of that, which is not a unique experience. We all have, you know, those really like dark nights of the soul in, in early parenting Um, but like the kind of like laughing through tears during those really challenging days, because not only are you in the thick of early parenting, but you're also exploring your own inner world. And my partner and I having to kind of talk about like, who's here in the room with us? Is it my dad? Is it your mum? Is it, you know, your grandparents, my grandparents, who's here with us? What are these triggers? Where are they coming from? How are we going to work through them? Um, And to do that whilst everything else is circling around is overwhelming and intense and a very unexpected part of the um, postpartum experience but if you can weather the storm what for me anyway what what was on the other side um, is truly the most remarkable inner work I've ever done in my entire life. Mm, Definitely I can so agree with that statement and just as you were talking and and even for people listening 
it can often sound like we're talking about so much of the downs and the bads, right? Mm. But I think we forget that there is still life and beauty in those moments. Mm. It's not something to shy away from, not something to avoid or to think, oh, that means my life is bad or I am bad because this bad Mm. thing happened. This language that we have that's very negative around Mm. our human experiences, right? And it's not about uh, chucking on like a Band-Aid solution, like toxic positivity. That's not at all what I'm trying to say about this. It's just recognizing that even in those really like sleep deprived states Mm. and you're so irritated that you've been woken up a million times or you're like resentful to your partner and you don't want to be resentful to your baby. And then you look at them and you have this moment where you realize how nice and quiet it is and how cozy you are in bed Mm. and how warm they feel against your body Mm. or like hearing the little noises they make. And then sometimes you just have a moment in all that chaos where you go, oh, this is it. This is like, this is a nice, beautiful moment or who I like just realizing who I am right now in this moment. Mm. Mm. And I think that can be really powerful as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's um, uh, um, a Chinese um, proverb or a Buddhist proverb, maybe. Um, No mud, no lotus, you know. Sometimes Mm, you got to get deep down in the mud for that beautiful lotus to grow. And so true. Yeah, it's not, it's not everyone's experience, but but for me through through the mud who i've who i've met mm. who, who's who's still me i think you know it's um it's tricky when you know we live in a society where um bounce back culture you you're told a lot that the ideal experience in early parenthood and early motherhood is to get back to who you were when of course that is wrong on so many levels but what i think we really do a huge disservice to new parents and and to new mothers um is is letting them know that through the mud through the storm who is waiting for them on the other side is the most beautiful fortified incredible version of of, of themselves and you just need support and you need a team around you to get to that stage yes because the whole um getting through is something I talk about with clients with how motherhood can actually kind of propel you through that Mm. because I think a lot of us rightly so like complain right like we're venting to each other there's annoyances and frustrations that we all deal with and I think that's okay like I think a lot of people are being honest and being outspoken about the realities and being truly honest about their experiences um and I think we also need to bring in some balance in realizing that there's a way to get through that and it's also not fun hearing this if you're in the thick of it and I really want to honor that for anyone listening Mm. because I would not want to hear anyone saying that to me like I remember those moments where you're truly in the thick of it and nothing it feels like it's going to be forever and it feels like it's never ending it's all consuming yeah yeah because it is and then you get glimmers where you get like a little taste of the other side or just like that little reality check of, oh, okay, this is like maybe three years of my life where I'm needed so much. Mm. And that's like, what, maybe 3% of my life. Yeah. And I'm like a numbers person. And so that really helped me have some perspective on the situation. Mm. I was like, okay, I can tough this out for 
3% of my life. And then I also was challenging this notion of tough it out. I was like, oh, that's a bit depressing, isn't it? Why do I feel like I have to tough it out? And even that came a lot of unpacking all these stories, which, mm. can, you know, it's also very capitalist society of like Absolutely. must work hard and always be productive. Mm. And then it was realizing I can still do things for me at the same time. It just might look different. Mm. And Does yes, I don't have endless time. Yeah, I, I don't know. For me, yeah, it yeah. did. For me, with both kids, something around like that four to seven months was when I had this like surge of energy and creative burst coming out of me. And I I think I started the gentle counselor. Oh, I think I, I kind of had like a little mummy blog before it was technically a gentle counselor. And that was when my daughter was a baby and I had her at home in that first year. And that's also when I went back to study my master's in education to do school counseling. So that was like both at the same time. And then continuing on my study into psychology before I became a counsellor, that was when my son was a newborn because I have a picture of me breastfeeding him as a newborn as I was writing my thesis, (laughs) like my last thing to submit. Incredible. And I look back and I think, how insane. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my children never slept and I want to make that really clear to people. And I had many nights staying up to like 2am trying to get my work done. And I, I did it. People ask me, how did you do it? I'm like, I just did because I had to, and I wanted to. Mm, mm. And that was very different. It was for me. And I loved exercising my brain and learning about all the things. And I, I made it work and then I'd be gentle on myself during the day or I would sleep when the baby slept during nap time. I, I, you know, let the house go a little bit or my husband stepped up a bit and it just looked different, but didn't mean I had to self-sacrifice myself through that. I feel like I was able to find some sort of balance. Mm, That's the thing, right? The balance is, um, it's so it's so hard to know what balance feels like until it happens mm. and it can be really it can be really tough i think especially in yeah those first few months of parenting to to see a world where the balance will be a reality mm. again and i think it's yeah it's just the the time when pulling in your support people whether it's a doula or a counselor whatever it looks like you know practical help around the house a cleaner just bringing in that support system to get you through until a version of balance happens again. And then, yes. you know, the surrender to balance just being a, a mm. sometimes thing. We can work towards, you know, it mm. being a daily practice, but we just kind of go with the flow. I've never been so accepting of a lack of routine and just needing to be in flow and surrender. It's entirely against my nature um, and the way that I kind of um, – uh, accept it internally is that as part of this change and this growth and this transition and this step away from this really masculine way mm, of living mm, driven by mm. achievement and degrees and the next promotion um, uh, that yeah as part of this deeper more sacred feminine part of myself with that with early motherhood is the surrender mm. and the ability to flow and go when those moments of balance happen isn't just the most amazing thing where everyone's feeling validated and seen yeah. and held and the whole world just feels at ease um, I'm learning to enjoy those moments knowing that you know the moments of un- unbalance are, are sure to come yeah again. they can be fleeting yeah. as well yeah. Yeah. yeah and I like how you use the word balance and I think um it's also important to 
for everyone to think what does balance mean to me because if you're using the word happy it's like well that's not really balance for me balance was like acceptance Mm. and that use of duality and the end like I can be sleep deprived and also feel energized in my creative ways which doesn't Mm. make sense when you think how are you tired but also feeling energized and creative and it's like well that's the end Mm. I'm tired because I'm sleep deprived because I was working every hour and I'm energized because I got this great idea for a project or whatever it might be and I think the more we try to force force ourselves to keep going as if things haven't changed and we really meet that resistance, you're going to keep being met with resistance. It's just Mm. going to keep pushing back on you more and more. And I think when I, when I realized that and stopped following all the people that were telling me to put my baby on a, on a schedule and watching the clock and all those things that truly were so detrimental to my mental health. Mm. Once I just accepted how it was and tried to, find interest or curiosity in in the new flow of the way our world was going to be then that's when things started to change for me yeah yeah, and yeah like you said definitely having that community and creating your community Mm. the community unfortunately doesn't always find you you have to sometimes put a little bit of effort to that which also sucks to hear but yeah it's just a sad reality of the kind of society we live in where we're not really all together anymore and online was really helpful for me with that with like mum Facebook groups and I would find ones that were particular to what my interest was like a gentle parenting or like breastfeeding or something like that um or even creating your own page which was probably also why the gentle counselors started to connect Mm. with other people and just having that new way of connecting with like-minded people and getting that support and having friends reach out and I have great friendships now that have come from what we were warned about talking to strangers on the internet yeah 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 <laughs> it's wild isn't it yeah it's just I think this I think there is again um uh circling back to what we were saying at the start of of the podcast I I I really do hope that someone with a more scientific um mind than I can s- get the world talking about whatever this this piece this like this piece that I can't name and word for myself, this deep feminine knowing that not only can propel you on a different way of living, but makes these connections mm. with other new parents, with other new mums. It's it's something I've never felt in my entire life. It's just this like this secret club who welcome you in and just see you and get you and what it's like to have people professionally and personally in your circle who aren't trying to problem solve for Mm. you, unless that's something that you're interested in. People who are just there to see you, to witness you and to hold space for you is, is truly the most powerful, powerful thing. And um, yeah, in, in doula work, in, in my own motherhood journey, it's been, yeah, that like, especially online, that online network that I've just, I've never felt so welcome and so seen. You're so right. It truly is a a gift to meet people who are able to do that for you. Mm. Uh, I don't even know if saying do that for you is the right word to use. It's not even a doing. That's the kind of ironic part of holding space for someone is actually just being with someone and how they're feeling and allowing that person to sort through their own inner wisdom and their own instincts. Mm. And I think for a long time, a lot of us have those instincts shut down. And that could have been from your whole life, ranging from reasons like how your parents were and how you were raised as a child, all the way to even like I was talking about the parenting stuff, like having 
people you see as experts and and you're mm. feeling so conditioned to doing whatever the book said instead of what you feel is right like just all those kind of small but very frequent ways mm. that we forget what that feels like in like that gut instinct or yeah, yeah. when you have that creative or energetic burst and it's like that little fire is lit inside of you and you just want to follow that mm. and sometimes the realities of our world can weigh us down a bit even in that and you can find many excuses <laughs> to not follow it because that's just the world we live in as well I think right like it's really hard when you have responsibilities and you've got bills to pay or mm. you know you don't want to wake up but the baby's crying and needs to feed like mm. just any of those many ways and that's where that community or the people around you can really step in to help give you that little nudge of encouragement or be there to hear you Mm. talk about all of those really deep painful things that you don't want to voice to anyone you don't even want to voice or admit to yourself Absolutely. but to find someone so special like that to really be there like you said to witness and hold space for you yeah. that then gives you permission to do that for yourself mm. and that's what can have that kind of next trajectory of self-growth and healing through relationships and community mm. we can't do it all on our own yeah yeah, yeah, it's um, it's so funny that you say that. My um, my beautiful, amazing counselor, who's also a doula, we talk all the time about how uh, we're given we're given the impression that you can heal by yourself, which for some mm-hmm. people they absolutely can, and power to them. It's not a skill that I have, and it's not a skill that I want. But when we're with community, when we're with people who see us, sometimes sometimes depending on on what you're working through healing can be as simple as someone else saying I so hear what that experience was like for you and I really hold I hold space for how it's feeling for you now and words so simple so simple but with said with intention and with real presence and real listening can just be the start of an incredible healing journey and it's why I called my um uh my business the hold I'm thinking about you know what my special sources you know the thing that I can offer clients that's kind of unique to me you know I can cook I can hold a baby I can give you a foot soak I can you know work through a yoga nidra meditation with you but the thing that I can do um that I would like to think is 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 a really like heart heart space skill is the ability to just hold Mm. the space and it's important to me because it doesn't come naturally to me. I'm a problem solver. Mm. I want to fix. I want to fix myself and I want to fix those around me. And so a beautiful piece of this work for my clients, but also for myself, is just continuously reminding myself, you just need to hold space. That's all you need to do. And, yeah, like, like you said, the um, the inner wisdom, when given, when given a place and a time, it's all there. You know, it's not about learning. It's about remembering. It's about tapping into what's been there all along. Yeah, that's so true. I love that you've ended with that beautiful Mm. reflection on that. Thank you so much, Sammy, for this amazing chat today. It's been really nice. Um, Do you want to tell everyone where they can find a bit more of you? Absolutely. Thanks, Crystal. It's really, yeah, really wonderful to have the time to talk to you. Uh, Folks can find me at The Hold Doula Co., The Hold, H-O-L-D, Doula Co., on Instagram, all one word, and TheHoldDoulaCo.com. Thanks so much, Sammy, and I'll make sure to have all of those linked below for everyone too. You're wonderful, Crystal. Thanks for the time.